more than ever before in my ministry of 36 plus years, I'm hearing people make similar sort of frightening comments about the state of their lives today. And these comments resonate with me because I've been there too. People are saying things like, I seem to be in a desert right now. I'm not able to move in any direction. You know, Father, I seem to be stuck. It's almost as though, Father, I've had a concussion. Too many things have hit me in my family over the last several years. We're overwhelmed. And when we get overwhelmed like that, it's very confusing and it's hard to move forward. I wrote a, uh, an article several years ago saying that I thought then, before COVID, that our nation was acting like it was suffering a massive joint concussion. We've been hit by too many things and people are suffering and they're hurting. And when I hear people say they feel like they're in the desert, that really hits me hard. I know what it's like to be in the desert and I know you do too. Now there are different ways of being in the desert. We can be physically in the desert. You know, if you want to travel to different parts of the country or parts of the world, you can find a desert uh, scene to be in where life can be pretty stark and harsh. Uh, but there's more than just physical desert. There can be an emotional desert when we get hit by too many things emotionally and we just seem to shut down and we go into what I've just started calling an emotional desert. Or we get overwhelmed by the number of things that are required of us to do or to remember. And we get overwhelmed by having 75 passwords for things to try to remember. And our mind can only go A, B, C, D. And we can go into a mental desert where we don't think right anymore. And of course, the worst is when we go into a spiritual desert. When people tell me, Father Steve, I just don't know what to believe anymore. That hits me hard. I was thinking just this past week of a, a young woman that I presented for confirmation back, uh, oh gosh, in the mid-1990s, I guess it was, who was uh, one of the most beautiful young high school students I'd ever seen and one of the most talented. She could have done anything she wanted in life. She wanted to act, she thought, and she was good at it. She wanted to sing. She was great at it. She wanted to be a model, and she was perfect for it. And so we knew that when she went to New York, she was going to make it big. But God had other plans for her. Motherhood. She wound up getting married in 2002, and uh, I looked her up today. She's uh, still in Texas. She has six children now. She and her husband and their kids are active in youth ministry. They run uh, special learning uh, centers and academies for children with special needs. So see, God had other plans for her. And one of those plans included me coming back to Texas in 2011 to leave the Anglican world and come into the Catholic Church. And 
I had been Father Steve for 25 years as an Anglican priest. And when I resigned my orders in the Anglican world and came into the Catholic Church, I no longer was Father Steve. And I lost a big part of my identity. Now, thankfully, I could be called Dr. Steve. That helped a little bit, but it wasn't the same. As Father Blick has attested to you before, that was hard on us. And I was going through a desert in my identity. And there was a party that was held for Dixie, my wife, and me to welcome us back to Houston in 2011 as I began my preparation for the, the Catholic priesthood. And this young woman was there with her husband, the one that was the most brilliant and talented, but, but chose motherhood, the highest calling of all, and then to help others raise their children. And she asked me, she said, well, Father Steve, how are you doing? I said, well, you know, I just, I think I'm in the wilderness right now. And she smiled. She said, do you remember what you taught us? I said, no. <laughs> He told us that the wilderness is where God is. And so he is. Our gospel lesson today makes clear the overwhelming truth of Scripture that when we are in the wilderness of any kind, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, God is there. And God speaks to us in the wilderness. Uh, the Hebrew language has a word for wilderness called midbar. Midbars are desolate places, empty places. They're transitory places. Wildernesses, and that word's used, I think, over 300 times in Scripture. There are other words for deserts. Eremos in Greek means a place where you don't really want to spend a lot of time. It's inhabitable. It's not friendly. There are wild beasts and jackals and wild people who do crazy things, sort of like in our society today. You walk out your front door and you're in the wilderness. And so is God. And He is there with you. And He speaks to you. It's so interesting to me that the word midbar in Hebrew, wilderness, is so close to the word Dabar. And actually, they just share the same root, which means word or speech. Our God speaks to us in the wilderness. Jesus tells us in our gospel today, we're reading once again from John 14, the Last Supper. They're at the table. Jesus is wrapping up his final teaching with his closest friends before he goes out to be arrested and brutalized and put to death. And he tells them that if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And remember, he had just given them the love commandment. I give you a new commandment. Love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. Because it's by the love you have one for another, the world will know that you belong to me. And he said, if you love me, keep my commandments. 
And I will ask the Father, and he will send you another counselor, the advocate, the paraclete, whom the world cannot see, because the world neither sees him nor hears him. But you see him and hear him, because he is with you and in you. Then he says this, John 14, verse 18. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. That word for orphans is translated many different ways in English. Sometimes it says, uh, I will not leave you comfortless. Sometimes it's translated, I will not leave you desolate. Sometimes it's translated, I will not leave you bereft. I will come to you. And we know that when we're in one of those wilderness periods in our lives, we do feel desolate and comfortless and alone and bereft. But then we have to remember that it's in the desert, in the wilderness, where God does his best work in our lives. Living on the mountaintop of spiritual experiences is easy. Boy, everything goes great when you have a big religious experience. God doesn't let us stay on the mountaintop. He takes us down into the valleys where the spiritual growth takes place. And he walks with us through all of it. And I know many of you, I've talked to some of you and I talk to people a lot. I'm, I'm very active on social media. You'll find you can get a hold of me many different ways. Um, a lot of my former students do that to this day. Um, but people I talk to and you talk to, they know what it's like to be in the desert. They know what it's like to have too many things going on that are going in the wrong in different directions, and it's hard to hold fast to what we believe. But remember... The one who loves you holds fast to you no matter where you are or what you're going through. And he is more than capable of getting you through even the deepest, darkest, craziest deserts in this life. He's in the desert with you. He's on the mountaintop with you. He's in your heart with you. He's in your mind with you. And as I tell people, you'll get tired of me saying this, He's not going anywhere. He's with you forever. He's not going anywhere, and you can't get rid of him. He's there permanently, and he loves you. And remember that he said, if you love me, keep my commandments. I will not leave you as orphans. I'm there with you and will be through the end of time. And so rejoice and give thanks today. He's with us. You're here with him. He's right next to you. He's within you. He's holding fast to you. And when you walk through the door after Mass today, you not only have within you the body, blood, soul, and divinity of the one who loves you, but he accompanies you everywhere you go. And he's never going to leave you or forsake you. You belong to him.